Welcome to a new episode of Snuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and this guy. And I just found out that if I put beard oil in my beard, it feels 80% less like pubes. <laughs> Jason Smith. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Stuck at Home. We're the show that uh, loves television, loves movies, and uh, just wants to watch things and tell you what to watch. Yeah, we'll tell you all about the streaming wars, what to stream, where to stream it. How you doing, Jason Smith? I'm doing all right. How you doing, Cliff Dorfman? What are you watching today? Um, you know, I watched an interesting one. Uh, I watched this thing on Netflix. I don't know if you got a chance. It's a docu-series called uh, Surviving Death. No, I haven't seen this one yet. No. Tell me yeah, about it. It's, uh, I want to say her name is Elizabeth Dean, who wrote the book. Uh, she had written a book about afterlife, you know, and, and uh, personality. See, I'm, a, I'm kind of uh, very into this topic. I've been reading about it for years and years, which is mm -hmm. starting with Tibetan Book of the Dead. But it's about personality surviving death. Okay. You know, it, the mind and the brain. To, you know, you can go brain dead, but where does your mind go? And right. they address it in a lot of different ways. They address it uh, with reincarnation. They, they address it in... Dun -dun 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 -dun. <laughs> well, one, doing... One. Is that... Oh, my breath inside, wishful death. Oh, God, please help me. I'm that's actually... I, that's the best I've heard you. <laughs> that, that's your genre, by the way. Oh. And speaking of that genre, I have to say, I'm going digress to digress for a second... I fucking love our new theme song. I really love it. Like the signature change, the signature time change, the drums are insane. I just, I like it. I, I, I get into it every time. It gets me amped to do our show. It's amazing. Thank you. I, we like it. Kyle is great. Kyle might have, uh, unfortunately, and he's doing better, but I think he caught COVID. Um, but he's oh, doing he, okay. He's doing okay. He's okay. Thank God. He's doing okay. It was a, It wasn't him not paying attention. It was something else. But I think he might have. He might have contracted, and uh, I think he's doing well and uh, feeling better. So we're rooting for him. Yeah, of course. Fingers yes, crossed. But he did a great song. But yeah. Uh, sorry, I, I just get into the singing because when you start talking about, um, you know, <laughs> life after death, immediately when you're like people in a coma, Sand I think Man? of that. No, that's uh, that's one, right? Oh, that's, that's one, uh, right? And it's like it shows all that old uh, Vietnam movie where he's in the thing and he's like, "Kill me, kill me," and he doesn't say anything, but he's like Morris coding it. <laughs> yeah, I see. Dylan Johnny says, got his gun. Johnny got his gun. I see. Dylan Riley said something that you were talking about a brain in a jar a couple of days ago. Were we talking about Young Frankenstein brain in a jar no. or Steve Martin man with two brains? Um, I was talking about brain in a jar, Descartes. I was talking a little bit about uh, <laughs> that that idea we had for a minute about a sci-fi show with... Yes, where their brains are all in a jar, but they're living in other bodies. Other bodies, yeah. Yeah, we like that idea. We're still I, trademark, it, copyright. Tr copyright, trademark, brain in a jar. Yeah, copyright, Starbirds. Yeah, copyright, Descartes <laughs> and Starbirds. <laughs> the Starbirds. Oh, Jason. And by the way, though, in, in speaking of different stuff, like, you know, talking about personality and reincarnation and all this stuff, you know, what's really different, Friday is a great day. We got a few things coming out. And one of the things that's coming out that I am incredibly excited for is WandaVision. Oh, I know. And this is that, that's definitely like, this is that, that part, right? One of these characters should be dead. The other one's magic. And there is like, so figuring out what's going on, are they dead? Are they alive? Or Who should be dead? Who's magic? Tell uh, us. Well, who should be dead? Um, well, no, no, no. <laughs> In regards to the show. Okay, never mind. Okay. Because <laughs> there's a lot of people. I got a list. Uh, oh, I saw I'm writing down a lipstick. Um, <laughs> lipstick. But uh, who should be dead is Division. He got killed by Thanos in uh, the first of the two Avenger, like final Avenger movies. Right. And then who's a wit, who's magic or has some sort of skill that we haven't talked about is uh, the Scarlet Witch, who was played by Elizabeth Olsen in the movies in the MCU who will be reprising that role here. And she's got more magic powers than they let on. So somehow vision who should be dead exists in this, whatever this world is. And so does she, and that's, that's the people. So, um, yeah, that's what you're going to say. Do you, well, are you a fan of Elizabeth Olsen? I was, I didn't know if I was or wasn't, <laughs> uh -huh. but as far as the Olsen, she seems like the, the most pleasant one. She feels like the approachable one. She's only a multimillionaire, not a billionaire, so she seems easier to talk to. Wait, wait what do you mean? Who is she, Elizabeth Olsen? She's uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley's sister. Are you sure about that? Yeah. 85% sure. No, not anymore. Well, I'm usually wrong on these things, so 
Because we're talking about Elizabeth Olsen, who was also in the Jeremy Renner movie that, uh, what's his name, did the Sicario guy. Yeah, Elizabeth Olsen is, her siblings are Mary-Kate, Ashley, Taylor, Trent, and Jake. Oh, I see. She's Mary-Kate and Ashley's younger sister. Yeah, that's what I said. She's not one of the full house twins. She's the younger one. She is super talented, I think. Yeah, that's never what I said. By the way, I'm going to bring in Alex for the tape, but I never accused her of being the third twin because that would make them triplets. I said she's Mary-Kate and Ashley's sister, but Mary-Kate and Ashley are two people. And what I would get two individuals, unique human oh, souls. Or Kanye West. I would have married Kate and Ashley. Sorry. <laughs> and instead he married Kim. And she said, yeah. nope. <laughs> Bad Kanye. <laughs> well, okay, yes. so I am very excited. Let's get into this because our guest is a recurring guest for us. He's one of our favorite people. Uh, decider, you know, editor and extraordinaire, writer. Uh, yep. Managing editor of the Decider. Yep. Um, yeah. An incredible tweeter. I, I love his content. Without any further ado, should we bring him on? Yes, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, Alex Zalbin. Yeah. Yes. What's up, Alex? How Not you doing? Much. Welcome, welcome back. Excited to hear you guys are talking about the Olsen triplets. <laughs> you see, well, if Marvel can change around the universe, so can mm. we. Exactly. There's three right? of them now. It's fine. <laughs> They're sisters. She's not going to mind. It's all good. I mean, like the parents some of that are like, whole house. Some of that, <laughs> some of that is like the Olsen twins lost in New York money. That's where the money is. Exactly. Not Marvel. We, we did a few jokes on the Olsen twins on Entourage. Like Vince got an offer in season two from an, about an Olsen movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's interesting. The, the Olsen twins are not triplets and they do have more. The parents are like, let's just keep having them because it's just money. Yeah. Why not? It's money in the bank. Well, they they were right like what three out of the six times something like that. We don't know that they're wrong on the other si- on the That's other three. True, yet. I right? don't have information about that. <laughs> Alex, what's happening with that? Please tell us. So, <laughs> first of all, welcome back. We love when you're here. I really, really enjoy talking to you about all kinds of things. Today we're talking about Wandavision. Mm-hmm. Let's start. You have been fortunate enough to see some of it. I've seen the first three episodes. Uh, I will say I can't really talk about the content of the show at this point. Um, But uh, like you guys were talking about earlier, they're doing an interesting rollout on this one. This is the first official Marvel Studios TV show. And that's an important distinction that I think honestly is going to be confusing for a lot of people. Because as we know, there's been a lot of Marvel TV shows. There was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for... I think 35 seasons, something like that. (laughs) Uh, There were the Netflix Marvel shows. There was Cloak and Dagger, highly underrated. Definitely recommended people should check that out. You like that? The Olivia Holt girl, right? I I loved Cloak and Dagger. I thought it was Cloak and Dagger I thought was really good. You too, huh? You both like us. All right, maybe I can watch it. So there there were some good shows in there, but there was always, and I don't have any behind the scenes information, but there's certainly been a lot written about this. There was clearly some sort of divide between whatever was going on with Marvel TV and Marvel Studios, where Marvel TV would always say, oh, it's all connected. We're going to tee it up. But it was very clear from the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that they weren't getting, no no offense to J.B. Alexander, they were not getting the top tier actors. There was like Samuel Jackson showed up at the last minute of the last episode, probably mm-hmm. green screened in somehow. But that and was somehow both. like they didn't even really have it. They, <laughs> they like, they put a patch on him and basically let him dress however he wanted to. He was like in his Kangle cap and they're like, yeah. hold on. I'm, he, he was, he was doing it over zoom before it was cool. He's the basically. best. Yeah. yeah. He's just the best. But, you know, they, they tried, they put out a lot of really good stuff, but clearly there was something there that Marvel studios did not feel they were doing right in the, in the right way. So they started producing their own TV shows specifically for Disney plus. The first one was supposed to be, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is now mm-hmm. coming out second. That's coming out mid-late March. Is that, um, sorry, is that the Russo brothers doing that? Uh, no, I actually don't remember who's behind that, but that does have mm-hmm. Anthony Mackie. It does have mm-hmm. Sebastian Stan. It's them kind of doing like the mm-hmm. battle for Cap's identity type thing. And there's a bunch of stuff going on there. Baron Zemo from Captain America Civil War is coming back. So that's going to be a big deal. That's cool. um, it's a, it, just so you guys know, it's a, a Canadian uh, film director named Carrie Skolgland. Mm-hmm. Huh. There you go. So I, I kind of uh, like that though that they're giving new people people like not necessarily are these big ticker mm-hmm. tape names uh, the opportunity to kind of rise up within this universe. Well, I think that's something that Marvel has always done really well. I, you know, some people might argue they've done it for cheapness's sake, but I think instead they look at it. They've always been looking at these as kind of a TV show, as a, a stable of writers 
that they're using, as well as a stable of directors. The directors always like to tell these stories of them all working down the hallway from each other. And, you know, the Russos walking up to Peyton Reed and saying, hey, what do you think about this idea for Avengers Endgame? And him saying, oh, that works really well for Ant-Man and the Wasp, what I'm doing here. So this feels like a very natural extension. WandaVision was not supposed to be the first TV show out of the gate. The suspicion is that Falcon and the Winter Soldier ties into Black Widow in some way. There's some sort of tee-up or runoff there or something. So they had to kind of change around the order of things. But I will say, without getting too reviewy about it, I think it's a really exciting one to put out there because for those who haven't seen the promos, who don't know about it, it's WandaVision is about the character Scarlet Witch and the character Vision and them traveling seemingly through these different eras of TV, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, etc. So the idea that Marvel's first Marvel Studios, excuse me, first TV show out of the gate is this thing that pays tribute and analyzes the history of television, I think is kind of a fascinating thing. You know, I, I just want to do like Marvel for Dummies for a second, Alex. Sure. You're so on point with all this. For all our stuck at homies who aren't f- totally familiar with it, can you give us the breakdown? Like Marvel, Marvel Universe, you know, mm-hmm. can you just tell us what each one is? So, because, you know, we know, but a lot of people are like acting like they know. <laughs> sure. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point is, I think it's 23 movies. Um, it started off with Iron Man and includes all the Iron Man movies, all the Captain America movies, Thor movies, uh, the one Incredible Hulk movie. Uh, and then, all, of course, the Avengers movies as well. Mark Ruffalo. And, yes. Edward Norton. Edward oh, Norton. Edward Norton. So it's Ang yep. Lee. Uh, no, the Ang Lee one is out of it. <laughs> oh, we we went off the rails immediately. Is what Sorry. I'm, I'm, thanks for coming in, Jess. Oh, Jason Silent. For once, it's not me that's messing up on sound, by the way, Alex. Oh, man. Just for once. Uh, yeah. We don't hear you, Jason. Uh, yeah, we can't hear you, Jason. I just was but letting I, you know that when Cliff said that he wanted to, to explain the MCU to everybody who's just pretending, he actually just met him and his mustache. It's really just a mustache. <laughs> it's grown a life of its own. Please continue, Alex. So the thing that I think is confusing about it is there is Marvel as a label, and that this is getting way too of the weeds, but I'll do this as simply as possible. Uh, Back in like the eighties and nineties, when Marvel was really strapped for cash, they ended up selling the rights off to a bunch of different people for the movie versions, for the TV versions. And that's why you saw a lot of crappy different versions of it. But that's also what led to things like Fox owning the rights to the X-Men characters, Sony Mm -hmm. owning the rights to the Spider-Man characters. And eventually Marvel worked its way back up until still working with other studios, but they decided we want to do our own thing. We really want to show these characters the way we want to show them. And that all kicked up with the Iron Man and then kind of led from there. So it's all coming back eventually. Like eventually Sony realized, hey, we're going to do better bringing Spider-Man into the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, They now have the rights. They've bought Fox. So they own X-Men. They own Fantastic Four. The only one that is actually very weirdly out of there is I believe they still can't do a Hulk movie because part of the rights are owned by the Universal. Uh, But they still they have Mark Ruffalo Hulk as the official Hulk now. He's going to be in a She-Hulk series coming up uh, that they're going to be doing maybe next year or the year after. So it's all coming back under one roof and it'll be a little easier to understand, I think, going forward. Yeah, no standalone Hulks because Universal would get a chance to the distribution money. And mm-hmm. um, no, no more who nobody gives a shit about the Marvel's Aquaman. <laughs> yes, I, I no one like gives it. a shit about DC's Aquaman. Oh, yeah, they do, no. No, Ma, he, that was the best. That's the best. Come I would on. say, I would say that that was the best DC movie of all of them, and it's stupid, but it okay. was the best one. Okay, well, that, you know what? Let's take that. It's the best DC movie of all the shit. Well, I Wonder think that's Woman. actually for people that are just right at the bottom of understanding the superhero stuff, as I think important to mention as well, is yeah. this isn't the universe of Batman. This isn't the universe of Superman. Those characters don't come in here. They're two very separate things that never cross except for comic book crossovers back in the 90s, and that's it. Right. Um, but going forward, what they're going to be doing is they're going to be weaving together these TV series on Disney+. Plus with the movies that uh, potentially at some point are going to be going into theaters uh, and it's going to be all working together in the same way that theatrical movies do. Uh, So what that means is it's going to feel a little overwhelming because now you have 
WandaVision going into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, going into Black Widow, going into a Loki series, going into they have Shang-Chi, the Eternals, Mm. all of these different things. And you feel, oh, my God, I have to see all of this stuff to understand it. But again, what Marvel does really well is it kind of gives you the information you need to know in the movie. If you're a super fan, you're going to get a lot more out of it. But you don't have to go into WandaVision knowing anything about Wanda or Vision or having watched 23 movies or anything like that. You'll have a richer experience, obviously, because you understand these characters right off. But like anything else with Marvel, they're going to let you in the front door. They want to get new viewers every time. Can you imagine being like, I really loved WandaVision. Let me check out this Iron Man thing, seeing what it's all about. (laughs) That's really the goal, right? It's going to like, if you're not a new viewer, you're like, hmm, this was good. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to pick up that Edward Norton Hulk. Yeah, well, don't do well, that. Well, I, I do think uh, <laughs> to get into one. the aspects of WandaVision a little bit, I do think that's going to be an interesting thing to see how it plays out on Friday and beyond. There are nine episodes in the series. They're all sitcom length. They're about 25 minutes or so. Uh, and they're rolling out two episodes this Friday and then one episode every week thereafter. Uh, and this is not getting into spoilers or anything like that, but um, people have talked about this. They really delve into the sitcom format and play around it. So I do think it's going to be interesting to see people who pick this up and go, oh, that's a sitcom. I like sitcoms wait, what is this Marvel universe? And then on the other side of things, you're going to get people who are really into the MCU are going to be like, nobody is punching each other. What is going on here? Um, personally, so it's not action-based. No, it is. I, I feel like I'm really skirting things here, but... No, it's, it's okay. You have, a, you have to abide by your embargoes. Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very sitcom-based. And I think something that they've been really open about, uh, I believe it's Matt Shackman is the guy who directed it, who has a really deep background in sitcoms. Mm-hmm. And they've talked about this. Like, the first episode is set in, I believe it's either the 50s or 60s, and they filmed it as if it was a 50s or 60s sitcom, meaning mm-hmm. they filmed it in front of a studio audience, the effects they used were not modern effects. They did it the same effects you could use in the 50s like or 60s. Witched. Exactly. So you see, right. you can see like plates floating on strings, <laughs> things like that, weird that's cuts. Cool. Uh, they've shown a lot of this stuff off in the trailers. And I think that's really neat that devotion to time period. Again, without getting into spoilers, the thing that I liked best about the episodes that I saw was the amount of craft that was really put into them. It was really impressive on that level. So what we have to look forward to or what we're looking down the barrel of is not necessarily at all punching or action or anything. We're looking Uh at social commentary with these superheroes in this universe. Well, there, there is, like Jason talked about earlier, there's this impression that something else is going on. Again, we've seen this in the trailers, but there seems to be some other world is kind of breaking into what is happening in this sitcom world. Uh, mm-hmm. You see splashes of color. Things are actually magically happening. And then there's the other side, which, uh, you know, at work, uh, one of our great writers, Brett White, went to a junket and asked questions about this aspect. And typical of Marvel, they were like, very excited for people to check that out. <laughs> closed mouth, but we know that there are other actors that are going on outside there that have popped up in the MCU movies before. You got Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis. Uh, She was in the Thor movies. Uh, Very funny. Randall Park as Jimmy Woo. He previously was in the Ant-Man and the Wasp. Uh, And we're also also in my, uh, and he was also in my UCB uh, Improv 101 class. Was it really? Talk about that really heavily in the show. Yeah, yeah, they do. uh, Jason, uh, yeah, we did did a couple scenes together. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, And the other one to look forward to with some sort of MCU connection that they haven't really talked about at all, but uh, Teona Paris, who people might know from Mad Men and other things, Mm. is in it. She is the grown-up version, uh, seemingly, of Monica Rambeau, who was the kid from the Captain Marvel movie, if you saw that. Uh, So she's going to show up. This is how these things start to connect, right? They've talked about this. So WandaVision, apparently in some way, leads directly into Doctor Strange 2, which is coming later this year, as well as Spider-Man 3, which is coming in December. Uh, In addition, we're also setting up this adult, Monica Rambeau, played by Toyota Paris, who's going to be spun off, and she's going to be in Captain Marvel 2, along with Miss Marvel, who is a young fan of Captain Marvel, who's getting her own TV series that's going to premiere on Disney Plus later this year. So again, when you start to think about that, I feel like it starts to get very overwhelming. It feels like you have to watch a lot of stuff. But I really do feel like, as usual, or at least I hope, they're being very careful to make sure all of these things, you can come in uh, as clean as you possibly can. 
Is, is this the one with that Owen Wilson is uh, showing That's up there? That's Loki. That's Loki. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Can't wait for that either, by the way. Yeah. They, they all look great. I mean, I think the thing that I'm very excited about with these TV shows, Marvel has taken a lot of knocks for being very samey, looking very samey, feeling very samey. You had Guardians of the Galaxy came out and that really shook things up in terms of, oh, we can do a funny, weird movie, but it's still, it's a Marvel movie, you know, and that tone has seeped into other things. You get a little bit on the family side of things with the Ant-Man series, uh, which I love. I mean, that's the one that I think is absolutely best to show to your kids and hang out with your kids, watch. Um, And that's great, but they're all sort of gradations of the same thing. But it looks like with these TV series, WandaVision, I don't know exactly who it's for, but it's definitely for TV critics. I'll tell you that, uh, which <laughs> I think is a good thing. But like well, that, that they're that's taking a very nice uh, validation, by the way. You know, if it's yeah. for TV critics, listen, it means it's good. It yeah, it really does. Uh, you know, what are you going to say, Jace? Well, I was just saying kind of to come off that, you know, you're right about that. There aren't a lot. Even even Thor, as, as funny as, you know, Taika made Thor, it was still very much within the 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 box of a marvel movie but mm-hmm. i to me this is you know this one and she hulk are actually the two i'm looking most forward to mm-hmm. i like like loki looks good and i like you know obviously i have a a connection with uh michael waldron cuz he's he's part of starburns or you know and uh and all that stuff and i like that one but this one felt different it feels interesting it feels exciting and like off the you know off the beaten path and um, the same thing with uh, Jessica Gao doing uh, She-Hulk and it being like mm-hmm. a, I like the idea of a Marvel version of like Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. You know, mm-hmm. I, at least that's how I think about it inside my head. That's how that movie's going to go. Or that well, that's clearly, it, Kevin Feige talked about this a little bit back at the junket this past week. Uh, and he said they really are trying that. You know, they weren't sure going in exactly what they were going to do with these shows or how it was going to work. But as they've hit the first couple of them, they realized uh, very quickly that WandaVision should go from, it shouldn't be a 45-minute, 60-minute show. It should be a 25- to 30-minute sitcom length. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, on the other hand, that seems more straightforward, Marvel, big explosions. So that they're going for a typical like 45-minute TV length. And then to your point, Jason, She-Hulk, which is a straight-up comedy, and that's coming sometime next year, uh, same sort of thing. They're going for the half-hour format. Um, And it's such a little thing, but I feel like it makes such a big difference just in terms of making your stuff feel different and disparate from each other while all part of the same universe. No, it's, it's really awesome what they're doing. Um, that, the, you know, I read that somewhere. It's like every single one of these is six hours long. It's just how many episodes it's going to take. <laughs> right. Well, I also like the fact that they're not, uh, and I, it seems like this is a lesson that they learned very quickly with these first couple of shows. They're not doing the, it's more of a six hour movie thing that drives me right. a little insane. They're thinking about it as, well, we're using the budget of a six hour movie and then making mm. a TV show. Yeah. Um, I like that too. Which is awesome. Yeah. It really is. So so to be clear, though, and, and we still can't get a word about Black Widow. So they're moving stuff around so it could lead into mm-hmm. Black Widow, but they're still not telling us if they're going to stream it or release it or what the hell's going on. They're saying movie. Well, yeah, they're saying movie see. theaters at this point. Uh, May 7th is, I believe, the date now. Um, I was thinking about it last night, as I always do, right before I go to sleep. I think about Black Widow and the release schedule. Uh, <laughs> but really, I was actually weirdly thinking about it last night. And it, it does feel like the sort of thing like they're going to wait until the last second because now, not to get you real world about it, we got these vaccines coming out. Uh, hopefully, it's going to start coming quickly uh, once things change towards the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think they're holding out hope for that, that it's going to speed up enough that they can at least partially open theaters in the United States by May 7th and then have a real rollout out of it. Uh, if that doesn't happen, if things get worse or stay the same, I imagine they will push it again. But Obviously, we'll see what happens when we get closer to May. What do you think, Alex? I mean, like, do you think that this is actually like theaters might have a shot at being saved? Uh, I think so. I don't think, I mean, in a broader sense, I don't think theaters are going to go away. I think Hmm. every industry is going to change in a radical way. I think nothing is going to go back to normal, you know, in any particular way. Uh, And anybody who thinks that, like, you know, suddenly there's going to be a switch and everything's going to be fine, it's just not going to happen. But, um, at this point, it really feels like at least sticking out for another couple of months. Uh, we're probably going to see a lot of theater chains getting smaller, multiplexes getting smaller, theater chains potentially closing down, which would be awful, but probably going to happen. But 
people have stuck it out this long. They're going to stick it out a little bit longer. Um, we are going to see movies back. And as soon as it's safe, I want to go back to the movies. I miss I going to the movies, you know? Uh, I feel like... Still do you think if we um, tricked them, we just tricked a lot of anti, anti-vaxxers by mm-hmm. like saying, here, buy this ticket. And then like if it comes with a free shot, they'd take it. Like they just go, oh, cool. I have I, the power I, of Black Widow. Like this Black Widow juice. I've said this before, but they should do one of those IMAX bonuses where you get the second shot on the way in. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm I, saying. I just thought you put it all in. You just insert it into every pub and bar in the world <laughs> and everybody would be vaccinated by, the, by yeah. the next day. Yeah, hey, hey, round of shots, everybody. Oh, you yeah. meant shot shots. Yeah, I did. Yeah. No, 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 you're vaccinated now. <laughs> Keep drinking. Look, but, you know, it is a little, you know, for me, it's always been scary because the idea of theater is going away, which I actually am still convinced that they will. I'm sitting on this side of the fence. I I don't want it to. I just, you know, from a business perspective, excuse me, perspective, I think that's how I see it. Mm -hmm. Everything else is being streamed now. So so you have WandaVision. And do they think that this is going to be sort of the the door opener for everything they're going to do in the next two years? Because what they announced in their fourth quarter, you know, uh, call was was intense. Yeah, I mean, this is this is definitely the curtain raiser, and I think given that it is a much weirder show, it's going to be interesting to see what people's reactions are as it rolls out over the course of the next eight weeks, and what that means potentially for Falcon and Winter Soldier, what it means for Loki down the road, what it means for the movies. Um, we were talking about this a little bit of work today, and whether this is a risk for Marvel Studios. I don't think anything is a risk for Marvel Studios, really. <laughs> you know, even if... Uh, unless they make something absolutely god-awful and they've made some not great movies before, but Mm -hmm. everything is like, you could argue about it, but I would say like C, C plus or better most of the time. Like even the bad movies are like, ah, this is fine. I can watch this. This is all right. So I think it's going to be the same thing with the TV series, even if on the off chance that I don't think it will be, but even on the off chance, WandaVision is a huge miss. They've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which seems like a very safe bet coming right after that. Then they got Black Widow coming in whatever form, whether it's going to theaters or TV. Uh, and they have so much content coming out that it's at the point where if one thing misses, the next thing will pick it up and it'll be fine. Marvel at this point is here to stay. It's not going away. Uh, they are really, of anything, I would say the safest bet in the entertainment industry. So here's a good question for that I am curious about, which is what now in this new normal constitutes a hit for Marvel? Mm. You know, like how do you quantify uh, if WandaVision is a hit or by its mere existence, is it already a hit? Um, I think there's probably two ways you can look at it with WandaVision. And I, I don't, uh, part of the little caveat, the little asterisk here is even with the huge success that Disney Plus is, they don't give out metrics for anything. You know, Netflix will tweet out, hey, 41 million households in the first four weeks checked out the show, but that only means they watch two minutes of one episode. And so uh, who knows what that means? Disney Plus does even less than that. They don't talk about anything. But you can the first way you can look at this stuff, I think, is just uh, social media buzz and how much people are talking about it. That's how you know clearly The Mandalorian is a hit, right? Like, we don't have any numbers for it. We don't know how many viewers actually watched it, despite Nielsen trying to break into it, other companies trying to break into it. But we do know that people incessantly talk about it and tweet out Baby Yoda gifts. You know, that that's what happens. So it's a discussion piece. And if the same thing happens with mm-hmm. WandaVision, and at least in the geekosphere, I think that's already happening. People are so pent up with excitement for Marvel stuff. This is definitely not a spoiler. I can tell you the Marvel Studios thing is right at the top. And as a Marvel fan, seeing that, I was like, ah, we're back. We're back. So you get that feeling like people are going to talk about it no matter what. So it'll be successful in terms of that. On the business side of things, the way that they're actually going to judge whether it's successful is how many subscriptions they get to Disney+. Plus. That is the most important thing to Disney. That is why everything is going to streaming right now. They're all being competitive. They want to increase it as much as possible, and that's why they're being so aggressive with the Marvel stuff, the Star Wars stuff, even the Disney animation stuff, everything that's coming out from that. And so they're going to look at, and we're never going to hear about this necessarily except in the broad strokes, but they're going to look at, okay, WandaVision came out over the course of these eight weeks. How many people do we have sign up for the service? And then more importantly, how many people do we retain on the service? How many people hung out, then watch Falcon and Winter Soldier? And then beyond that, how many watched Falcon? Uh, you know, they've seen two huge blips at this point. Hamilton 
in a much smaller sense, Soul. But as far as I've read, they have this huge blip in Hamilton. People clearly weren't like, what do I watch after Hamilton? Uh, Gravity Falls? Uh, Mulan? I mean, Mulan? I don't know. Yeah. But there, there was nothing really like in the same genre to watch Hamilton. So they lost a bunch of people off of that. But Soul had a smaller blip, but you probably lost less of those people because you come in for Soul, you have more Pixar movies, you have right. more Disney movies, you can pick up that stuff. And it's the same thing with the Marvel stuff. They don't have all of the Marvel movies, but if you're signing up for WandaVision and you're just curious about this new TV show, there's a good chance you're going to see the rest of the Marvel content on there. They also have a lot of older Marvel cartoons and uh, tons of other stuff going on. So there's enough there if you're just a diehard Marvel fan to say, no, nah, all right, I'll keep subscribing. It's cheap anyway. It's $5.99 a month or $6.99 a month or whatever it's at now. Well, well do you think that this business model is motivated by the fact, you know, because Disney still offers a free trial like everyone else, right? Yeah, uh, not everyone else. HBO Max stopped <laughs> doing their free trial right before Wonder Woman 1984, which was wild to me just like uh, don't get me started alex yeah no, I, I can go on forever that's not started. i rescind my wish we did a three-hour <laughs> show on it alex oh my I, God. we broke it down scene by scene that's how angry i am about that okay. it makes king of staten island look like a fucking academy award winner <laughs> okay but I, i'm not gonna digress into this <laughs> but yeah disney plus has the free trial so there's every chance uh, like with a lot of shows, I think people will probably side up when one division is done, check it out for a week and see if they're interested when they can watch all of the episodes. Um, I also think there's honestly, and this is a little bit of a side note, but I do think there's going to be a little bit of confusion mm -hmm. because these episodes are half an hour long. You're expecting a Marvel movie like, oh, there's a new Marvel movie called WandaVision. I'm going to check it out. Why is it only 25 minutes long? What is right. happening right now? Um, so hopefully they've done their messaging right there. Hopefully, uh, you know, there is some sort of preview or teaser at the end or something like that. Um, or they send out an email to all subscribers to kind of keep there and be like, hey, more's coming next week. Check it out. Uh, but... Uh, I guess, I, yeah, I got very off topic there. I'm not quite no, sure. No, that's okay, because I'll, I'm going to keep us on topic. Uh, which, what, Chase? Oh, no, I was just going to say, I mean, on top of that with this and retention-wise, it's not like they're doing WandaVision just stopping. It goes, it's going like WandaVision straight into Loki or straight into the Falcon, the Winter Soldier, straight into the next one. Like, all three are hitting, like, right at almost, like, maybe with a week apart. And Black Widow somewhere in, the, in there, too. So by June, we'll have three series and uh, Black Widow have been out by June 30th or whatever. Yeah, it's. I, I was looking at it, and a lot of this was speculation, but when they announced that WandaVision was nine episodes long, I kind of started to break it down and speculate about, okay, how is this actually going to lay out over the course of the year? There's a lot we don't know because they haven't announced a lot of dates, but it really does, looking from the TV shows to the movies, and I might be very wrong about this, but it looks like they're doing TV show, one-week break, TV show, two week break around the movie to like give it a little bit of buffer so they can concentrate on that back to a TV show. And that's going to happen all year long, like nonstop until the end of the year, every single week, there's going to be a new Marvel thing. So to that point that you're saying, Jason, it's, it's just not going to stop. That's, that's kind of dope though. I got to say, but yeah. let me, not to stay, you know, I know we're, we digress a little, but I'm, I'm a little kind of, uh, fascinated by these dumps that they do and you know mm -hmm. across the board i'm not just talking about disney like you look at the flight attendant and they do they drop three and then they drop two and then they drop three and then they drop the season finale. it's like is anyone making any sense of this or does this just seem arbitrary to you everybody is trying different things in terms of their rollout schedule and everybody's experimenting uh, and i think the viewing patterns on every streaming service are different as well, which makes it more difficult. You know, it felt like you had this pattern set where Netflix cracked the code. You drop every episode at once. It's awesome. Let's go. Right. I can watch 10 hours of television in one day and then I'm done with my show or whatever yeah. it is. But I think people started to get exhausted by that, particularly when Netflix has been crazily ramping up the amount of content they've been putting out. It's just not manageable, even for a casual person to keep up with everything that Netflix is putting out. And that's what a lot of the other streaming services realized. So uh, right out the gate, they started doing this thing where they started rolling it out weekly again. 
The problem with the weekly rollout schedule is unless you have something like what HBO does so well, I'm thinking specifically of Watchmen, which really built every week, or uh, The Outsider, or really, honestly, any show that you look at at HBO that's mm -hmm. a hit, which builds week after week after week in conversation. Yes. Nobody has really been able to do that in the same way on a streaming service, except for the two examples I can think of is one, The Mandalorian, which has this built-in audience as a Star Wars show, and the other one is probably Ted Lasso, which was just this insane... <sighs> word of mouth hit where everybody's like, no, you have to watch this. I know you don't know what Apple TV is. You have to check it out. Right. But to get back to like the rollout uh, schedule thing, I think I like these experiments. I think they're really interesting just from the perspective of we write about them and we talk about them every day. Mm -hmm. um, what Apple TV has done, and they also don't share numbers, but they've gotten this habit now of rolling out three episodes to start and then one episode weekly. Um, this is, uh, you guys talked about Dickinson a couple of weeks back, yep. a year ago, back pre COVID times, I was on the set of Dickinson. So this is very old data. Uh, but I talked to oh, wow. Elena Smith, the showrunner about at that point, whether she wanted a weekly rollout or whether she wanted an all at once rollout because Dickinson wow. was rolling out every, uh, all 10 episodes at once. And she said at the time she shared that at that time, which was back in January, so a year ago, so it might've changed. Uh, but they, they knew that people watched at least Dickinson about 58 minutes at a time. So like two episodes of Dickinson at a time. So she felt like, okay, the binge model is good because everything's out there. You can watch everything you want to watch. This season, they tried something different, but they still rolled out three episodes at first. So you get kind of past that threshold of how much people watch. And then they're adding one episode a week. So it still kind of sticks with those viewing patterns. To talk about the flight attendant in HBO Max, um, this is just a suspicion. I haven't talked to anybody about this, but I think they really cracked the code for their streaming service with Raised by Wolves, which tried this sort of half-binge, half-weekly model. Uh, and what I think really works about it, rolling out two, three episodes a week of an hour-long show, is it feels like a full meal when you come in. It feels satisfying, yeah. but it's not too much. It's not that 10-episode thing where you feel strung out at the end of it, or like, oh, God, I got to watch another one. I got to finish stuff. <laughs> I got to watch all eight hours of Stranger Things. Otherwise, it's going to be spoiled for me online. Right. It's a manageable thing. And so they tried it with the flight attendant. Again, by whatever metrics HBO Max is judging, it's a big hit for them. Um, and it's going to be it. Yeah, uh, I had a ton of fun watching it. Mm -hmm. uh, I just think it's going to be interesting to see what will happen with WandaVision to bring it back to that, yes. where they're doing two episodes at first, one episode a week. Um, I think even with the two episodes at the beginning, they're really trying to look to their one big success, which is The Mandalorian, and see if they can keep that conversation going every week. Uh, mm -hmm. It might be, in my estimation, a little tricky because of the content, but again, getting back to Marvel being a safe bet, mm -hmm. geeks are going to talk about everything and analyze everything nonstop all week long, so yeah. I don't think they're going to have a problem here. Oh, we're gonna. I mean, we. Okay. I know we're gonna be talking the shit out of it, eh? without a doubt. Jason, are we? Uh, right, well, it's time to go. I just wanted to. I just wanted to share. Please. Uh, we when we do podcast launches, we do it very similarly. We launch three episodes on the first day, um, because we want to get people hooked into it and enjoying it, and make sure that they're invested. We found if we only relaunch one, they they might watch it for, and all the marketing might be worth it, but we might lose them the next week because it's not top of mind. So. We try and launch three of them, one to give them, you know, something to listen to, two to kind of like really whet their appetite. And that third one is what locks them as, in as a listener. Um, and then we can launch it every week and they're, they're there, they know about it, they're aware of it, they're fully immersed and ready to go. I think it takes about three episodes of something for people to like decide if it's for them or not. And if you don't, if it doesn't come around that marketing, this is just podcasting, but this is what we found. It it won't it won't resonate forever and you'll lose them because they won't even think about coming back the week out. Too much content. But, you know, to remember, pepper. right. To remember, it's like, oh shit. Like, oh, that thing. Right. Oh, we gotta get that. But WandaVision is an event. I feel like it's an event. Well, how it ends up, well, you'll have, you'll have to come back and talk to us about when the embargo is lifted. That would be great. Yeah. Alex, we love having you here. So, you uh, know, please, you're a, you're a part of the family. So anytime, uh, any, anytime, please. Thank you. I love being here. Thanks so much for having me on. Amazing. Yeah. Is there anything you want to plug while you're here? Yeah. Plug some uh, stuff. Sure. Uh, Decider.com. Check that out. Tons of coverage going up there. Like I mentioned, uh, Brett White attended the junket. Uh, he has a great feature that I'm very excited about coming out tomorrow where he talked to the director. He talked to Catherine Hahn, who's in the show as well. And great uh, bunch of people behind the scenes. And he is 
if you don't know his writing at all, Brett White is the most knowledgeable person our age about sitcoms from like the 50s and 60s that I've ever met in my life. Like he just <laughs> them, knows everything about them. So he went pretty deep about how they ape different sitcom styles. And I, I think that's going to be a really cool feature as well as all the other stuff that we're going to be rolling out going forward. Right on. Well, yeah, kicking kick ass, Alex. Oh, you guys too. All right, All right thank you. We'll see you Good soon. See Alex Zalbin, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. What a guy. But I just feel so lucky on what we do and the people, the level of people that we get to talk to. I know, right? It's, it's, I mean, like we, we bounce from Allison and Camillo for Samantha B to Alex to, I mean, we just are so blessed. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, you know what else is blessed? Tell me. My wang. Is you just didn't even bother to go with the euphemism. <laughs> I think you do something Sorry. like my Wanda has to be wrapped in the right vision. For no, the- because Wanda would be if I was a lady. I'd say right. my Wanda. Right. <laughs> my Scarlet Witch is what I'd call it because it, for obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah, but you just went right with Wang. You know, like, my penis needs to be wrapped in a... We're not done, Steph. Don't worry. We're still going. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're not going anywhere yet. Yeah, no, it's it's because it's well, because listen, some of us don't Tell have me. magic. Some of us don't have the ability to recreate our lives in a 50s show. <laughs> some of us don't have a robot boyfriend we could just take from sitcom to sitcom because we're not magic. But some of us yeah. have micro doll covering their wang and their whiskers. Oh, yeah. Wait, and wait, my onesie. Is that your onesie? My onesie and look at this. Ooh, look at those. Look at this. How soft my, are they? My dolphin. My dolphins. Those are these orcas. Are, those are orcas. Orcas. Yeah, they're orcas. They're both mammals. They, this is, I'm going to go on the record, more comfortable than Uggs. And I have plenty of Uggs. I know. I've seen you in them. I don't wear them anymore. I know you've seen me in them. That's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. You could you could cat burgle in that and be so soft. Like, and here's the yeah. deal. If you get caught cat burgling, right? If you get arrested cat burgling, they are just going to take you straight to jail in whatever you're wearing. They're not taking you home to change into some pants. Like, and if your outfit is really uncomfortable and itchy, it's going to be this thing you sit there through processing until they give you your orange jumpsuit. Arraignment and everything. Yeah. If you are caught in a pair of me, me onesies, <laughs> that softness will go with you to prison. So Michael you Michael works in prison. Yeah, you can be soft and solitary. But, but I, I, everything, it keeps getting better and better. It's not like they're faltering or, or skipping beats. They are killing it across the board. All the new stuff. This is the new onesie that came out. This thing is is like heaven. It's like a little piece of heaven all over my body. And my kid was like, are you ever going to take that off? I'm like, hell No. I'm not taking it off. You're just going to wear that, huh, Dad? He's got uh, full Mormon. It's like his garments. It's my magic garments, he's gonna, man. Yeah, he's going to cut a hole out of there. He's going to be... Never mind. We're not going to get into that me glory holes. <laughs> uh, but yes, totally me, different brand that they're not selling currently, but we're working on it. We're starting an Etsy store next to my masks. Undies. By the way, they got masks. They, got masks. they have... I mean, they have the, the, the pullover masks. You know, what are, they call them a certain thing, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, and I think I want to send some to Bruce Willis. I know that was going to, we're going to talk about him too, but yeah. before we tell him, like, just remember it's yes. go to meundies.com, offer code stuck, get yourself some stuff. You know, if you're going to go down and get arrested at the Capitol, wear your meundies. So you but have don't somewhere put me in that crowd. So you'd be soft. <laughs> if you have a mustache like cliffs and a pet set of meundies like cliffs, um, but a, an urge to burn down the Capitol, get caught in some zip ties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, no, please don't 15% off $19.99 a month for the membership, free shipping, money back guarantee. If you don't like it, MeUndies.com, offer code STUCK. That's awesome. All right. So All right. so I was going to bring up Bruce Willis today, but Bruce Willis is a thing. He decided he wasn't going to wear his, uh, his, uh, his, his mask, even though him and his family are like very masky. Mask. He, he, he refused to, he, ref- he just kept shopping and walked out of the store because he got mad because they told him to put on his mask, which is weird to me for a lot of reasons. And the biggest one is, if you're Bruce Willis, isn't that the perfect thing to keep people from going, hey, Hey, die hard. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. He doesn't want that. He wants to be recognized. He wants to be recognized, right? That's the whole thing. It it has to be. There's no other reason that you're such a jerk-off that you're going to be like, I'm going to walk out of a store. You're Bruce Willis. You've been Bruce Willis since you were Walter Willis. By the way, that's his name, Walter Bruce Willis. 
just to be clear. And since he's been Wally Willis, the harmonica player who wanted to be an actor, this guy has been famous. He knows what it is to be Bruce Willis, and he's still being a douche. And it's like, come on, man, you got all the money, you've had the best life, why do you want to, like, possibly infect someone? Why do you want to be that poster boy for assholery? Ass- yep, assholio. <laughs> Cornholio. Assholio, I am assholio. Can you me for my bunghole? I- <laughs> Call me Bruno. <laughs> Bruno, do you remember when he was Bruno? Yeah. Yeah, I remember when he's real. Copy Bruno. I can find the harmonica. Right. I mean, maybe that's why he's not wearing a mask because he has to, you never know he's going to bust out the harmonica. Yeah. I mean, I, well, uh, I, I don't get I it, went Jace. To the, I went to the roast of Bruce Willis uh, when they, they did that over at Comedy Central. And uh, while we were sitting there waiting for the thing, uh, we actually, we were at the after party. We're sitting in some chairs and uh, Demi and Bruce's mom. To me. To me. To me. To me. And uh, Willow. And the other one, rumor and scam. Rumor and Bruce's mom all came and sat with us because we had the nicest. We had a really nice couch, and they were like, "Can we sit with you guys?" And we didn't realize it was the whole whole family. Uh, but yeah, we we sat and hung with uh, with the whole family, minus Bruno. He came back for a little while, but uh, yeah, they were all very very nice. We enjoyed the heck out of him. Demi was beautiful and and kind, and and so was so was Mama Willis. Um, but Bruce, yeah, whatever. Well, let me tell you a story. Well, I, a long time ago, this is. Late 80s, you know, there was a very, very popular restaurant in Manhattan called 150 Wooster. And I was at dinner with a bunch of people. It was a really nice table, like a cool table. And then, like, Bruce Willis was there. And this is, you know, 88. You know, this is, like, diehard, post-diehard. He's, like, the most famous. He just got $7 million for that, whatever it was. the most famous guy in the world. And he goes to the bathroom. And this guy, you got to know something about celebrities. The second you hire a bodyguard, you're asking for, for problems. When you right. walk around, De Niro walks around the city like like a normal person. Right. You know, I used to see back in the day, Paul Newman used to have his dry cleaning hooked over his shoulder. He's just rolling through the village. You even know? Alec Baldwin goes out there and walks like a normal person. Even though Mike Meyer walks around the village with a cane. Yeah. I've seen him like three times. No one bothers him, but when you get a body, goes, so I go to the bathroom to take a piss, and I got to take a piss next to him. And I was like, hey, uh, how you doing, Mr. Willis? And the fucking bodyguard takes me and throws me up against the wall. While you're peeing? Is your wing no, still? No, no, I didn't get. I didn't get it out yet. Okay, good. I just he didn't sure. let me get it out. Okay, and I think it crept back up because I was like, no, <laughs> I kind of don't have to pee, you know. But but the point is that if you're if you're starting there, why do you end up at a place where you're where you're trying to intimidate and berate people for not wearing, you know, what you should be wearing? I'm just very disappointed right. in this. Well, plus they've done a lot of. They've been like on the forefront of you need to wear your mask. The, the one of the reasons they're getting so much shit, Bruce is getting so much shit besides just not wearing a mask after he was asked is the whole family's been on the side of, Hey, you need to be, you know, very, very strongly coming out for mask use. So it's and another it, one it, felt swoop. Yeah. He ruined all that, you know, good PR and yeah. he ruined all that goodwill. Cause that's yeah. a lot of goodwill. They were on the side, the right side of history. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's not the real Bruce Willis. Maybe that's the, grown-up version of Bruce Willis from 12 Monkeys who's trying to stop the pandemic before it starts and not the 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 actual Bruce Willis we know. That's 12 Monkeys Bruce Willis. That's really well done, by the way. I really enjoy that. I got to tell you, I really enjoy that. I feel like he's just mad that he hasn't made a good movie. I mean, you keep making movies with these idiots like Randall Emmett and the furlough guys, and it's like, oh, I'll take a $18 million for four days' work. Yeah, well, maybe you're angry because at heart, the guy's an artist. Yeah. He really yeah. is, and he's a great actor. You know, like, put aside everything else. He is, and I feel like he just went to a place where he was like, "Fuck everything, I don't care." And I'm using a lot of f bombs today. I don't usually, but I'm very upset about this because I am a, a, a larger than life Bruce Willis fan, mm-hmm. and this really, really bothers me. It's almost like watching a hero fall. I agree. I, I felt the same way. I've heard some things that I've never wanted to believe about him, yeah. and uh, you know, this is one of those ones that kind of verifies something I've, I've hoped wasn't true for a long time. And little known fact, I'm an extra in Die Hard. Are you? Yeah, at the airport. I'm oh, wearing an all-white suit. Funnily, I end up wearing an all-white suit when I do my first role in Entourage in season one episode. Are one you the white. same person? No. Oh. Right. I was not. I made a different decision. <laughs> right I was on. a different person. Okay. Are but you ready I'm to go upset. to the next thing? Because I just want to show you a picture that cracks me up. That's Please, make, let's do it. See if I can oh, zoom this in. That's an old iPod. That's like an iPod shuffle. What the hell? Yeah. That's an iPod shuffle. Somebody's watching Tenet on an iPod classic. Um. <laughs> And I think they're doing it just to piss off Chris Nolan, but he's they're watching uh, Tenet on an iPod. 
Whoever that is, I want them on the show immediately. <laughs> that is fantastic. <laughs> that might be, Tenet might get better if you watch it on an iPod <laughs> shuffle. You know, you, 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 you'd give up a lot of the audio issues with that. You'd be like, oh, I can't hear anything. That's fine. I don't care. Holy <laughs> crap. That is genius. So I think we're all in agreement that Tenet is not as bad as Wonder Woman 84, but it was the worst movie of the year until Wonder Woman 84. Right, and I, and the only the only thing that would make it a little bit worse is I understood. I guess I didn't understand anything that happened in Tenet. So if the story is, if if they explained it to me and the the story's stupider than Wonder Woman, it would win. I'm just too confused to make it the worst. It, it's incredible to me that that two other movies came out to actually make King of Staten Island not the worst movie right. of 2020. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, it really is. They had three disasters. This year that are, and by the way, by all by our, you know, very, very big, prominent, you know, ticker tape name filmmakers. Yeah, absolutely. Like huge. Yeah. I mean, Patty Jenkins, right? Uh, Judd Apatow and uh, this guy. Yeah. Chrissy. Chrissy. Yeah, Chrissy Nolan. Chrissy Ann. And, and again, I am a Chris Nolan fan and, you know, to a degree, like I loved Inception. I loved the following, uh, you know, um, what was the one I made? Oh, Memento. Yeah. Memento was good. Yeah. Um, Insomnia wasn't bad. That one took, you know, I go back and With forth. With Pacino? Yeah. But it wasn't bad. You're right. I mean, it was watchable. It was, there was a plot. There was a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Dark Knight, the middle Dark Knight was good. And yes. even Batman Begins was okay. It was fine. I liked it. Well, it was a good origin story. Like, he yeah. took a time. You know, again, that was one of those movies where you were 53 minutes in before he's in the suit. He's in the Which is fine with the me. Ice. You're doing it right. And they did it right. Exactly. And then somewhere along the line, I, and I, I, this is something I've been having discussions with a lot of people about lately, is the idea of yes men. Mm -hmm. Yes people. And I think we get to a place where you get so, you, your air is so rarefied, your bubble is so impermeable yeah. that, you know, you have only people who are like, yeah, you're great. Yeah, 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 Bruce, everything's good. Keep working with Emmett Furlow. Yeah, everything's good. You know, Chris, uh, you don't need to hear the sound on, on Tenet. It sounds great. It sounds great. Boom. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But I think this is a problem. You know, when, when you don't, when you, like David Fincher, I was talking to someone about this today. David Fincher is still a man, whether you like Mank, which I loved, or you didn't, he is a director who is still in touch with everyone who will tell him he wants to know. He wants to understand how his movie's coming across. Mm -hmm. And that's why we see so many different ideas and films from him. You know, you can't pin David Fincher down. You would say, oh, no, he's a sci-fi guy. Oh, no, he did Fight Club. Oh, no, no, he did Mank. I mean, like, look at it. It's, it's I mean, oh, he did The Social Network. Yeah, he does some incredible things. And, some, you know, seven to, yeah. Some seven. of them. Right, keep going. Holy shit. The game. Um, right, all of them are, are different. Yes, some of them are thrillers. Some of them are sci-fi. But he is in touch. He wants to be a better filmmaker each time he makes a film. And he and cares. I oh. Keep going. Even with Jared Leto, I did, I like that movie. Yeah, yeah. Panic Room was good. Yeah, no, that was great. Uh, there, there's just you know, House of Cards was good. You know, something yeah, else so, ruined the House of Cards. Yes, not him. Not him. No, Bo Williamson. Everybody on Mind that Hunter. shelf. Oh, Mine Hunter. That's right. So good. Zodiac. Mind speaking of, which is considered maybe the best movie of the 2000s by a lot of people. Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, right? Jake Gyllenhaal was Zodiac, right? Yep. All right. I mean, listen. He is, but but there's a reason that he keeps moving with the time, you know, because he is open to everything that everyone's saying. He has not isolated himself to that rarefied place where these other people have. And I don't believe they're listening to people. I don't think they want no people around them, to be quite frank. Or, or if they mm -hmm. do, uh, why don't they? Because someone should be telling these guys. And they're not going to listen to people like us because like, oh, you're critics. You're just bitter. Or you're just this. It's like, no, man, I'm not bitter. I, I really am not. I really respect the hell out of you. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Like, let, let's get a different mix, Chris. Like, I can't hear shit. I don't know what's going on, man. Stop no. it. That's all I'm saying. I just look at because I mean, nothing. I just, I mean, I know he also does a lot of uh, music videos, but I was like, he did Suit and Tie for Justin Timberlake and Jay Z, which seems so far off of what other, uh, and The Wallflower, Sixth Avenue Heartbreak. Fincher? Yeah. There's no one like Finch. Janie's got a gun. Uh, but also Forever Your Girl by Paul Abdul. Done a lot of Paul Abdul Forever stuff. Forever Your Girl? Yeah. And he, Cold Hearted. Like all of Paul Abdul stuff that he did. What a genius this guy is. And he he, he keeps, did Vogue. He directed Vogue. Madonna. Madonna? Yeah. 
Cradle of Love, Billy Idol. I mean, this guy is a, he's like Ridley Scott. He's like, find the best guy in every genre and then put them all together and you have David Fincher. Absolutely. He's, he's, he's incredible. I've, you know, he hooked, he had me at seven. I think that's the first thing I realized that he was directing. I didn't know about alien three at the time. And uh, yeah, from seven on it's like, it's been like just boom, 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 boom. Gone girl. Maybe it's only missed that. I was like, nah, but I think that's gone girl's fault. Uh, gone girl uh, was the one with the fake abduction. That's with your boy, uh, Benny a right. I ignored him, but it was the other girl who's really good. Um, yeah, Ro- Rosamund Pike, Rosamund Pike. Who's excellent. And um, I, I and it was so dark that you know there was something interesting about it that I ignored Ben Affleck. <laughs> really, we all we all do that. We all try, but at least that's he's wearing a mask, right? That's, that's what we did with a Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> right, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, great, great, great movie, uh, Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt Damon and uh, William Goldman just got screwed. Uh, okay, so so but Ben Affleck, at least you could say this guy's wearing a mask. You know, I mean, he's eating his Dunkin' Donuts. He's wearing a mask. Yep, he is. He's he not is. leaving. And by the way, uh, he seems to like Dunkin' Donuts so much. I don't. They'd be like, you have to put on a mask. Ben, he's like, no problem. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. I'm not leaving. Yeah, just, give me my donuts. Just give me my coffee. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, just don't get me out of here. <laughs> right. Okay. We got any more news? Um, nothing really major. Um, you know, they're they're moving the new Jared Leto's Morbius movie, which really doesn't matter. Um, that's still a thing. It's still a thing. It's all done. They're just moving it, moving the, the release date. What is this thing? T- tell me what this thing is. I, I can't. I, I have a problem stomaching him. Do you? Um, not. I used to, and then I didn't, and then I kind of do again. But um, <laughs> that's really well said, Jason. No, I mean that. I'm not being sarcastic. It really is. Well, said. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Like when he was when he was in Fight Club, there's just something about him I didn't like. But at the same time, he was supposed to be unlikable. Right. And then um, I just like stopped paying attention to him altogether. You know, uh, you know, the Jordan Catalano, Catalano of them all kind of, I remember being in the consciousness. And then I watched that movie with Matthew McConaughey with the, where they're getting the AIDS drugs. Oh um, yeah. The cowboy rodeo. Uh, not, uh, yeah. Whatever the, yeah, yeah that one where, yep. and Matthew McConaughey. And I actually thought he was great in that. I thought he did an excellent job in, in that movie, mm-hmm. um, which made me like him a little bit again. And then. All this weird Joker stuff where he got like started putting condoms on everybody's stuff and then getting mad because he got cut out of the movie because he was stupid. Then I, I got annoyed with him. I mean, listen, here's a guy. And, and listen, uh, this is not Dallas Buyers Club. Dallas Buyers Club, right. Um, which, which McConaughey was excellent. And again, Matthew's another guy where you, you didn't like him, you liked him, then you're like, you're trash. And then yeah. you're like, you're great. And yeah. then you're like, you're trash. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, like yeah, with but, white boy Rick on. Like, what are you doing? I'll meet up in the middle and like do a, a movie together every once in a while where they can, they're tra- like, it's almost like, you know how, if you um, multiply two negative numbers, you get a positive at the end. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Like if you just take them and put them in a movie, they're so, they like their, their douchiness falls off and you just see the good acting in them again. And then they can do that for a while. And then they'll have mm-hmm. to come back together when their doucheness builds up. Right. Like they have this like douche valve and you just <laughs> drain it every once in a while. Well, I feel like, like a zit. Jared Leto's like, uh, you know, for me, he's like five years or less away from becoming Mickey Rourke. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, like, you know, the, like, not, not the good Like Rourke. fighting people for, yeah. for bar tricks. Yeah, just, yeah, like, but no, but Barfly's great. I'm saying, like, I don't think No, I meant, like, just in general. Yeah, oh, just, just in I mean, general, like, in I real life. Like Mickey Rourke is fighting people in a bar right now. Not for anything other than, like, a beer. Drinks for my friends. <laughs> yeah, oh, my friends. <laughs> oh, my friends. But by the way, you have nothing that Jared Leto ever did that you could go back and quote and say a line just like he said it. Like even the cage, like put the bunny back in the box. It's like there's nothing Jared Leto. What? That wasn't it. I know. I thought but, I had it. I had something else there. <laughs> so he's got, you know, no, so so what is more? What is Morbius? What what is this? So Morbius Mor- is a spinoff of it's a it's a Spider Man bad guy, um, turn oh, kind yeah. of good guy. So it's a it's another like Venom where it's this. He's called Morbius, the Living Vampire. It basically, is a guy who's turning into a bat. He looks like a bat, and he has like these big. Spider Man. He's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. And Spider-Man's not going to be in this. It's going to be like the Joker where we're watching like an origin story of a villain. Um, it'd be more like Venom because it's going to be a lot more CGI and a lot bigger. So it'll be a lot like Venom because there's no Spider-Man in Venom. Just uh, the, the only villain is uh, is a plot that didn't quite make sense from a guy I really like that I wish he just made, made this just slightly better. 
but this is the thing, right? I mean, so Sony said, oh my God, uh, uh, Venom worked so horribly. Let's double down and well, do another Venom, one. Venom was their biggest movie outside. That, that's, Venom is their biggest movie outside of Spider-Man and Spider-Man's created by the Marvel MCU. So that movie is huge for them. So it works so well in their mind that Morbius is just another one. They're planning a whole Spider-Man, Sony, Marvel universe with all the Spider-Man characters. So part of the reason they're doing all that stuff you talk, we talk about WandaVision right. and Spider-Man 3 is to open up this idea of a multiverse. Like, uh, mm. And so that the, Sony lives in kind of its own multiverse, but it'll give the ability, Spider-Man the ability to kind of cross over away from the MCU and play in this world a little bit. Uh, listen, we have hit on a button. Like, we're done. I, our sh- it's amazing to me. Our show goes so fast. I really, again, I just feel so fortunate. So we're going to wrap it up until Friday, right? we got no guest Friday. We'll be simulcasting on uh, Stereo App, I believe. Yes, we will be. And so join uh, Stereo App, please, and follow us both. Yep. Yeah, and one thing before we go, because there's a lot of good content coming out, um, but one of the things that we're going to probably be doing, and I haven't talked to Cliff, so I'm just going to put it right here, is um, there is a new four-part documentary about the Night Stalker, and we haven't done Ooh. a murder documentary thing in a little bit i'm in um so i think we're gonna do this maybe starting next wednesday we'll go over the first episode um there's four of them it's very easy to um binge but we won't do every one every week because it'll just be too hard to go through the whole thing but it's uh it's on netflix it's available today uh night stalker okay we're gonna do the whole thing on wednesday no we're just gonna do the first episode on Wednesday. okay so we'll we'll watch it that way then you and i we won't watch we'll watch it one week at a time one week at a time Okay, that's great. I love that. So until then, I'll see you Friday. Go download App Stereo. If you're not on a stereo app, follow us. And everyone stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith. Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Peace.